He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Jacob Brood. I'm realizing I got to come up with a better intro than that. I got to do. <laughs> Produced by Anthony Irwin, directed by Anthony Irwin. I, like, written. It just, it just needs to be, you know, because the, the intro, like the actual music and all that, I, I like still, but the welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Like, that's got to be better. That's got, you know, who else got to be better? Russell Westbrook has got to be better. <laughs> It'd be really good if uh, after that big intro about it being the Anthony Irwin show, you introduced yourself as somebody other than Anthony Irwin, just to really throw the listener off. It'd be like, it'd be a turnover. It'd be one of Russell Westbrook's <laughs> six turnovers in the, in the uh, fourth quarter. So Lakers win tonight. They beat the Charlotte Hornets 126 to 123. I'm joined by Jacob Rude, uh, who does the Can You Dig It pod with us is uh, one of our lead writers here covering the, the Lakers for Silver Screen and Roll. Um, and last year, the reason I have Jacob on the show is because he covered the Hornets last year. And uh, and and is I, I don't think there are very many people better equipped to discuss this specific game than you are, Jacob. So I want to start here. Uh, the, the LaMelo Ball experience is a fun one. It is, it is never boring right? <laughs> yeah. There is nothing boring about his game. I thoroughly enjoyed the, the LaMelo ball experience. And I learned tonight that he does the three fingers to the forehead when he makes three pointers too, which is like, I thought initially I was actually pulling for this. I thought initially it was like part of the mellow versus mellow thing. Like who gets the, <laughs> the like it was like his shade sending it over there, but it actually is uh, something that he does because he really respects Carmelo Anthony. I, I can't find anything that I really dislike about LaMelo Ball's game. He's a really fun player. Yeah, LaMelo Ball's game is awesome. The If there's anything to dislike, it's how horrible of a quote he is. But I think he's improving <laughs> on that as well. But Lonzo wasn't very good at that either, though, to be fair. LaMelo is... M- so many degrees worse you can you can just tell uh, but, though with with that entire family that lavar just spoke constantly oh, yeah 100 <laughs> percent, a million percent yeah no uh, yes it was funny whenever they lamello and lonzo kind of distanced themselves from their dad and they both were like no he doesn't speak for us anymore i'm like i think he, he does i don't know if he knows that or not <laughs> Well, it's, it's not even a matter of like, does he speak for them? Does he not speak for them? It's like, he's better at speaking than you are. So people are going to pay attention yeah. to him. Like, that's how that's yeah, going to go. He's a lot louder than you guys. He says uh, the most insane thing. So you guys got to get way up there to be louder and uh, speak for yourselves on that one. Brought to you by FS1. Um, so the... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the, the game in this one though, so LaMelo ball, uh, gets the only productive triple double, uh, in Staples <laughs> center today. He finishes the game with 25 points, 11 assists, 15 rebounds, eight of 19 from the field, three of eight from, uh, from three point range, a plus six on the night. Uh, the starters for 
Charlotte, all in the pluses. Gordon Hayward plus six, uh, Bridges plus 12, Plumley plus 13, Ball again plus six, Rozier plus 11. You look at the starters for the Lakers, AD a minus one, uh, which is kind of an accomplishment because the people around him, Kent Bazemore minus 12, DeAndre Jordan minus nine, Russell Westbrook a minus 17, and Avery Bradley a game low. My, oh no, take that back. There were uh, uh, Martin and Ubre both had higher than Avery Bradley's minus 21 uh, in this one. They were on the losing side of things though. <laughs> so um, I, I, I want to start with, with just in general, the starting lineup, the general approach to uh, the way things are going. Frank Vogel said before the game that he was, he was tempted quote tempted was the word that he used uh, to start Anthony Davis at the five uh, but that he didn't think that uh, just in terms of numbers and bodies that it would be able to, it would be feasible to start him there because after that you're now getting into like DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard potential lineups. And that's definitely not going to work. Um, and, and I can kind of mathematically see where he's coming from. And then I watched DeAndre Jordan play. <laughs> um, I, 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 you said on on yesterday's show with Christian that like that is the math problem that he's running into. And I and it is objectively true. Like the minutes get very tight. The rotation gets very tricky if that is a direction that he wants to go in. But is it worth trying to make that work at this stage? Yeah, I don't know, because uh, DeAndre was bad. And even DeAndre, when he's good, uh, is still like a net negative for this team. So. When, when DeAndre's bad, then things are really bad. Um, if AD's playing 44 minutes and Melo is playing 37 minutes, I mean, you might as well just play him at the, at the five and play Melo at the four and try to figure out how to stagger things and, and whatnot. But, I mean, it is a math problem because ultimately – those are both of your fours and it's next to impossible to stagger them enough to keep them both fresh. Yeah. Um, and then and, also let them be productive together. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And then also finish the game together and whatnot. So it's a frustrating situation they're in. I don't think it's going to change till LeBron comes back, but I, I'm encouraged that Vogel wants to change it because I would imagine that means when LeBron does come back, DeAndre's out of that rotation. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess right now. Um, I just wonder. I know that they've said it. I agreed with it at the beginning of the season. Start Dwight. Like do something. Like because yeah. the way this starting lineup is right now is just not working. And there's a huge sample size that it's not working. Yeah. Both not, you know, not just in the you know first stretch of the game, but the third quarter, the start of the third quarter, every single game is. And I was trying to think of like why that would be the case. And this is not tangibly provable, right? But I'm thinking about it from this perspective. And and I want to I want to talk about Frank and, and we have to talk about Russell Westbrook after that game. But but just really quickly here, why are the Lakers third quarter so bad? Is something is is a question that I'm getting constantly. Like that we are always getting constantly. And and I was thinking about it, um, especially at the start of this third quarter. And and I think you can start the game 
on a positive foot, right? Because you're pumped there. All you're thinking about in the, in the, in the, in the pregame and in warmups is about like opening up the game and all those things. And then, you know, you play the first two quarters of a game and you see like just there, the evidence is right there yet again, that, that starting lineup is one of the worst lineups that you have. And, and it's the one that most regularly plays together. And, and I think it's just gotta be kind of like you start the second half kind of with a, with a confirmation bias, like, all right, when is this coming up? When is the run happening? Oh shit. There's the run. And, and like, I, I, I think at this stage, I'm not saying that that is definitively what is going on. There's no way to say that that is definitively what is, what is going on, but it's kind of sort of clear at this stage. I don't think the Lakers really trust that lineup. And so when they play decently together, it's, it's found money, but more often than not, you're giving that money right back. It's just like playing craps in, in, in Vegas. Um, what, what do you think is going on there with, with that lineup? Like the theory itself, what do you think about the theory? Oh yeah, I agree. To steal a, a page out of your book, I think a comparison would be in baseball where you have like a junk ball pitcher who first time through the order, he's going to get mm. guys swing in and, and get away with that stuff. But second, better, third time, yeah. yeah, second and third time through they're ready for it. And they're sending those into the seats. Um, and the numbers kind of back that up. So overall this season, that lineup has played, I don't think it includes tonight. I'm not certain yet, but regardless, they've played 30 minutes together, minus 24.9 net rating. Uh, but first quarters, they've played 20 of those minutes and it's only a minus 5.1 net rating. So it's those third quarters where they're getting absolutely <laughs> obliterated. Um, yeah, it's only nine minutes and it's a minus 34 net rating. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of like you can throw that off speed stuff in the first quarter, but second and third time through the lineup, you better have something else to show them. And the Lakers don't have anything else to show them, or at least they're not showing it right now. And offenses are catching on. It's a lot of smart basketball players that are figuring out how to attack that team. And, um, they realize that there's no shooting. They realize that DeAndre can't move his feet and he's not the rim protector he was. And they can just attack that. And it's it's torpedoing so much of the Lakers' success right now. But it's still, yeah, I mean, it's a math game with, with how much you can get away with um, and how much you can afford to. I mean, DeAndre only played 11 minutes tonight. I would imagine that's one of his lowest in a while, but to be negative nine in those 11 minutes, uh, I think is pretty telling. Yeah, I think one, I'm, I'm a little jealous that you came up with a better analogy and a better explanation. That's the for first it. time I've ever done that. I was proud of myself. Thinking I'm, a little, of it. I'm, a little, I'm a little pissed. That was, yeah, very, I was very, like, very Anthony, well shut up before I forget this analogy, <laughs> make your point. Come on. <laughs> Well, you're always welcome to cut me off if you have an if you have an explanation <laughs> that good. Um, and then and then on top of it, like I, I think I think with with that group, like it's what makes it so maddening because Jordan did play like in the in, at the beginning of the game, like he was he was he was doing the things that you need. He was it was a decent JaVale impersonation, right? It was it was <laughs> yeah. dunking and it was. 
you know, the occasional contest, it was rebounding and it was a lot of talking and stuff like that. And you're like, all right, that this, this, look at DeAndre go, this, this is working out really well. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, but they're, but they're tied. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> you know? So that's like when it's good, it's a, it's a, it's a wash. And then in the third quarter, when it isn't that good, you know, not even that it's necessarily bad, which it was, but, but like, there is no, it does, there is no like mediocre. It's like, it's really, really good. And then it's just really, really bad. And it happens really, really fast. Um, I want to, I, I, again, I promise we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook. I'm trying to collect myself before I start like throwing around the terms that are currently bumping around in my brain. But um, I, I want to discuss like, cause Frank Vogel, this is another time where uh by his standards, Frank is, is again, throwing a little bit of shade at the way that this team is put together, right? He was, uh, after, after the last game, he said something along the lines of like, with this current personnel, they can't do some of the things that he wants, uh, defensively. And then here again, he said, like, I was tempted to start 80 at the five, but we just can't right now with the guys uh, with the way that the team is put together and with, with uh, the guys that they have available to them right now. And, uh, and he like specifically mentioned Trevor being out as, as why like they wouldn't be able to do that. Um, which makes me excited. Like hopefully as guys get, ex- you know, get, get healthy. Like they Frank just took away his own excuse for him. Right. Like that was when guys get healthy again, we shouldn't have to continue watching DeAndre Jordan play basketball. But again, like on top of that being something that I, I put a pin in for later, this is also, again, like we're, we're, we're Frank, it's pretty clear that this isn't, this isn't exactly a team that he uh, looks forward to coaching <laughs> game in game out. It's, it's not a Frank Vogel team. thought it was telling um, after that Blazers game, you mentioned it where he flat out admitted they had to scale back the defense because the guys weren't executing it. Um, and that the, the schemes they weren't executing and the way they scaled it back um, allowed Dame and CJ and the Blazers in general to kind of go off. But I thought it was telling just because both it, it tells you the guys he has aren't working and that he needs different guys basically. in. Yeah. Um, Again, a lot of this will look different in a month's time with THT should be back possibly this week. Uh, LeBron will be back. Um, Kendrick Nunn will be back. That'll help a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, this is not a team, as you said, that I imagine he's having a lot of fun coaching right now because there's just so many flaws. And yeah, there's so many guys I think he's – forced into playing for the brief moment when the Lakers had some healthy bodies, like Rondo wasn't playing and Deandre mm. wasn't playing. And it's, it's stuff like that. Um, I still contend that Avery Bradley probably isn't in the rotation. If might not even be on the team. Yeah. Yeah. If there's no injuries, if none and THT aren't injured, they probably don't claim them. Um, so there's just a lot of guys on this team right now that I don't think would be playing if the team was healthy. I mean, he flat out admitted basically DeAndre tonight yeah. wouldn't play if this team was healthy. So uh, I don't, um, it, it's a, it's a really difficult puzzle that I don't think has a solution, but 
he uh, he's kind of forced into making these pieces fit. And it's it's a mess right now. Like um, it, it's led to some really ugly lineups. Um, it's led to, like I said, a lot of guys playing that, that shouldn't even be on the court right now, but they really don't have any other option. Yeah, I, I kind of liken it to those old cartoons where like the canoe that they're in springs a leak. So you see the water popping up this way and then they plug that and then another another leak just starts shooting up over there. And then they try to plug that and, you know, eventually you're still going to sink, right? Like eventually that is not a sound canoe. And and it's just a matter of how hilariously whoever is is like, you know, I guess it would be Daffy Duck or is that? Yeah, that was Daffy Duck, right? Uh, was the Looney Tunes one? Um, yeah, like, yeah. That like Daffy Duck. It was just a matter of like how hilariously he plugged those holes and what all he used to plug those holes before eventually like he sunk underwater and and got like mauled by some alligator or something like that. And like, and I, I just think the, the the alligator that just keeps waiting for them is that second or third time through the lineup, like you just talked about earlier, where all right, this is all the junk that we can throw. You know, it, the major league scene where he's going through all of the different like substances, like, all right, on this <laughs> yeah. part of the brim of my hat is yeah. Vaseline over here and over here. It's like some stickum and it's like, you know, and, and, and there's Vicks over here on this shoulder. Like the, the Lakers are just like, they're just kind of stuck doing all of these things that they know is going to hurt them elsewhere on the court, right? You play, Malik Monk and Carmelo Anthony together that fixes your offense, but then you're going to spring a leak over there defensively. And then you say, all right, well now we need a defensive line about there. All right, let's go with Avery Bradley and Kent Bazemore. Well, now the offense is going to be shit on the other end of the court, you know? And, 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 and I think you're right. Like as guys start getting healthier, we'll see, we'll see something a little closer to what Frank might have envisioned heading into the season. But I still, like, I still think, like one of the guys who has been there and available for the entirety of the season has been Russell Westbrook. And when he says like, we don't have the personnel to defend these deep shooting point guards, your starting point guard has been there game in game out and is an atrocity on defense. <laughs> and, and in this one, like was, was just a, a ticking time bomb all over the court. And, and I, I think like for somebody in Frank Vogel who values defense the way that he does, it's got to be kind of maddening to see somebody so physically gifted as Russell Westbrook is just be not at all interested in being even like mediocre on that side of the ball. And it really hurts the Lakers because he needs to be like good on one side. And he just, he just hasn't been not consistently at least. And then this fourth quarter, like, I don't know if you noticed this, you and I are both watching from home, but I saw a few tweets from people who were in the arena I had some messages come in from, from other people who were at the arena saying like, Hey, um, it's getting a little awkward here with this crowd and Russell Westbrook and the response to Russell Westbrook. Were you picking up on that? Vibe? I mean, it certainly doesn't help that he was just you know, six turnovers in the fourth quarter and then the technical foul and, and then just like generally being not very good at basketball nowadays, but were you picking up on the crowd, just kind of getting a little antsy about this guy? I wasn't with the crowd because I didn't have the volume up high enough. Mm. Um, but it, the, 
the technicals, I'll start there. The technical is like one of the most inexcusable things I've seen. Like uh, it was a delay game and then it was a technical on mellow and then it was a technical on Russ. And you can see on the, they showed the sideline with Vogel just saying, stop, 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 stop. And it was like, he he's doing all he can. Like he can't go out there and cover their mouth. Like they're a, a kid, although he might've wanted to in that situation. <laughs> but, <duct> tape. <laughs> yeah. And take his mask and put it over them or something tonight. But yeah. um that I I earnestly it's one of those things where like you've been in the league long enough you shouldn't need to be told this type of stuff and it it, yeah. it I had the same thought uh, when they lost that first OKC game and the second one too I guess um, where they're like yeah we just needed to come out better and we need to learn from this and it's like that was the benefit of having all these veterans is that you don't need to learn these lessons. And there's just so many moments like that. Um, with Russ specifically, I had an article on Sunday about how the Lakers have injuries, but they're kind of running out of goodwill when it, that the fans are allowing them. And mm-hmm. I think the, there's a similar kind of viewpoint with Russ and that he's the hometown boy. Everybody loves him but he's running out of goodwill and he, I can only really think of one game where I thought he was really good this year, that Spurs game. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, it's just, I don't even know how to describe his season because I, I typically don't look at the box score. The two things I was flabbergasted by tonight. I don't look at it during the game. I should say after the game, I will. AD was an assist and two steals away from a five by five. This is crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. And threw up in the third quarter. Uh, yeah. Uh, that absolutely. Be a stat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a vomit? five by five by yeah. one throw up. Um, ten, 10 ounces of vomit. There's his, there's his triple double. <laughs> he, uh, I, cause I looked it up. Uh, so Shaq did it twice in a one month span in 2001. And then it, happened it has happened once since then before tonight and that was cat in 2018 so tonight was the second time since 2001 that anybody's had that stat line uh so that blew my mind but the other thing russ somehow had a triple double tonight <laughs> like the, i was absolutely like no chance i knew he was he had given out a lot of assists i guess in hindsight he was coming down with a lot of rebounds obviously but like this man puts up some of the emptiest triple doubles you're ever going to see. It's absolutely insane how unimpactful some of these triple doubles are. And I think tonight's the best example to play 41 minutes. And I, so overtime, so there was 53 minutes in 41 minutes. He was a negative 17 and the 12 minutes he didn't play. The Lakers were plus 20. Which yeah. was which Rondo's was Rondo's minutes. yeah exactly Rondo's and Rondo minutes. didn't even score yeah and he had <laughs> Rondo's he was just handing like, out assists <laughs> Rondo's jersey tonight was not Russell Westbrook on the back of it like that's <laughs> and that's a, probably a good example of how poor Russ is playing probably yeah. not a great sign that you just swap Rondo in there who. I don't even think is an NBA point guard on a night to night basis anymore. And he was a plus 20 in 12 minutes. So Russ has got to figure some things out because 
there were lineups he should be succeeding in tonight. Uh, they went at times to like a, I think it was in overtime, it was him plus Wayne, Malik, Mello, and AD. That's four shooters around him, and he was still just a non-factor. Yeah. And it's just stuff like that where like they're putting him in positions where he should be able to find success, and he's just not finding it. And the the DeAndre excuse only lasts so much. He only played 10 minutes. So, I mean, like right. it's not like you were saddled with him the whole game. You had times where the majority of your game tonight, you did not play next to a center camping in the paint. You had the spacing. You got to do something with it. I know everybody has said that Russ starts slow. Um, I get it, but you got to show something. Like that you've shown one game through the first 11 that there's something there and that's not going to cut it. So I'm not surprised that the fans were getting a little antsy um, and, and whatnot because they should be because this is also why you trade for Russell Westbrook is insurance for LeBron James and he isn't able to provide it. Like Mello and AD were yeah. the two guys tonight that were able to provide that and Russ just kind of was tagging along for the ride, feeding off their huge scoring nights by giving them the ball basically is what tonight amounted to. So Russ has got to start figuring some things out because I think he's he's quickly running out of goodwill. The, the thing that I think I'm – it's funny. It simultaneously makes me the most nervous right now and is the kind of thing that I think – uh, might get better over the course of the season and and really tangibly Im- improve his game. He's not getting over the rim. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, the, the the dunks that he's thrown down so far are like he's sliding the ball over the rim when he's dunking it, and when he goes up to dunk it, right? Uh, he'll always, you know, he always kind of like looks at his hands, like oh, I lost the ball on the way up, all these things. But even like as he's hitting the rim, his he's not like elbow or armpit inside the rim the way it, he was, you know, even like two years ago, you know, and, and, and I, and maybe that is something that like he's playing himself into shape for. Um, although you don't normally think of that when it comes to Russell Westbrook in terms of like conditioning, that's never really been an issue. And, and, and the reason that I'm a little nervous about it right now, and, and it's what makes me the most nervous about it is like, he is such a bad shooter that you have to be an insane athlete to be able to turn the corner and to be able to, to, to finish at the rim because otherwise like the, you, you, you know, the defense is just going to continue to disrespect him as a shooter and he, and, and like, he won't be able to punish them for that approach. And, and again, like maybe this is the kind of thing that as he gets more comfortable and as he gets more confident uh, he's more capable of getting to the rim and really exploding on the way up there. And he does, like, he will have plays where he still looks overwhelming, whether he's in the open floor. Uh, those finishes that he has, like, going to his left hand and, and gliding across the key are still beautiful. But I still, I, I, I've i yet to see the, like, Russell, West, Russell Westbrook dunk, where he is, you know, elbow at the rim, fully extended, dunks it and screams at anybody in a square mile vicinity, right? Like that, that's the kind of play that I've, I've been waiting to see so far from Russ and we just haven't seen it. And if we don't like, that's where, 
I'm not saying I'm not going to go so far as to say that he's washed, but he's a different player, you know, that he's not I'm washed implies like he's not useful anymore. I think it's possible that he can still be useful uh, with slightly diminished athleticism, but he is a very different player and he is certainly not somebody I'd be like thrilled to give 50 mil to next year. That's for sure. Um, I, I, I want to, th- I will say yeah. real quick. Uh, yeah. I want you to call him washed because last time you called a Lakers superstar <laughs> washed. Maybe I will. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Wa- Somebody washed, clip that. And I'll, washed I'll... Russell Westbrook uh, <laughs> is what Anthony Irwin just said. Russell Washbrook is, is what we're going with now. Um, I, I want to finish on a couple positives. You mentioned Anthony Davis and I like the Carmelo Anthony experience is, is just legitimately fucking incredible. But uh, I want to, Anthony Davis, like I thought tonight was a perfect encapsulation of where AD is in his career, where you look at the stat line, you're like, holy crap, what he just did is incredible, right? No, nobody, almost nobody um, on the face of the planet can do the things that he was doing, you know, stat wise, counting stat wise, and then also be as capable as he is defensively, right? Like Cat had that similar stat line, but he's not a defensive juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination and and i think and yet like you look at some of the shots that he was taking on the stretch of the game and you're just pulling out your hair saying like what is going on you're i i think at this stage of the season he's shooting 14 percent from three-point range and when the game was on the line and he got the ball in isolation his choice was to take a jab step no momentum three-pointer like that's it's 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 it, on one hand you're saying holy shit this guy is special on the other hand you're like well do the things that make you special and 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 uh, I don't want to like this is overall it's a very positive game especially when you consider the fact that this guy wasn't 100% you know throwing up at the third quarter uh and then coming back and trying to give whatever he has uh, under those circumstances it was a very you know great game by anybody's standards and he is the reason why the Lakers won that game. You know, it's, it's the, that's, this is why you employ Anthony Davis is, is kind of what you walk away from that game saying. And yet, like, I still, I still keep thinking in the back of my mind, man, this guy is like a slight tweak in his approach to playing offense away from being a perennial MVP favorite. Yeah. I said before the year that I thought he'd be defensive player of the year. I thought he'd win it. Um, I will not repeat what I said uh, about Anthony Davis on that final shot in regulation. Uh, it was not happy words. No. Uh, Cause I was like, okay, uh, this is a, I'll take this matchup. Miles Bridges is having an insane season, but I take AD over anybody on the court. Um and then he just stood there and I was like, all right, well, you're working the clock down. And then he just shot. And I was like, what was the point of that? Just let Melo do it. If you're going to do that, yeah. but, like, right. I, but yeah, he, some of the stuff he does, like it's the block it's, that he had at the end of the game. That's a, that's exactly what I was going to point out. Like that's a play. I don't know if he had scouted it. I don't know if it was instincts. That's a play the Hornets go to a lot late in games where they need the, that type of three. They did it with Monk a lot last year. Um, 
they did it. They do it with Terry, both of them kind of fading into that corner. So I don't know if it was something he scouted, but to kind of defend bridges and then react quick enough and get out quick enough to block that shot is absolutely insane. <laughs> like yeah. there is a very, very, very short list of guys in the NBA who can do what he does specifically on the defensive end. It might just be Giannis. Like it's a, yeah. it's a, it's an insanely small group and, yeah, this is why, as you said, this is why you employ him. This is why you trade for him. This is one of those nights where um, he, he, he'll he frustrate you, but you also realize he's one of the most gifted, talented guys in the NBA. Yeah. All right, we got to finish on Melo. Like, I don't even know what, what really to say here. Like, he's just he, – it's just fun. It's just – like, he catches the ball. First thing – he enters the game, and I love how much Stu Lance loves Carmelo Anthony entering the game. He sits there and like giggles as Melo walks the sideline because the Staples Center crowd is going berserk at the idea of Car- Carmelo coming in. <laughs> then he catches the ball, and half the people in the arena are yelling at him, shoot it, even though like the ball's not even in play. And then he shoots it, and you can see why half the people are telling him to shoot it from 43 feet away. Because basically everything <laughs> that he shoots is going in. Um, and, and, and like, you know, the, the guy can almost do no wrong inside Staples Center. He finishes tonight with uh, 29 points, 9 of 13 from the field, <laughs> 7 of 10 from three-point range, 4 of 5 from the, from the free throw line, uh, was a plus 13 on the night. And, and yeah, like, it's just... He, he's it's just he's a delight watching him play there like that and and uh he's just i like there are things that i could say here about like hey the reliance on on carmelo anthony at this stage of the season is a little it you know makes me a little nervous but i don't even give it i don't care i could care less this is just fun i don't want to think about anything other than how much fun i'm watching what i'm having watching carmelo anthony play basketball it's blowing my mind uh, I, I have a bet for Melo to win sixth man of the year. The odds of him winning it when I made that bet, he was plus 6,500. Um, so I am loving these, this, or these performances even more. What is absolutely blowing my mind about these shots is they are not touching anything but net. These yeah. are the most pure three pointers, like, this is it's insane. <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't think I've seen anything like this before. And like, I, I was watching with some friends tonight. Uh, I was watching like in a Discord with them, and they all live in LA. They all have Spectrum. They're all well ahead of me. And I'm watching on NBA TV, and there were a couple times. I can't remember the specifics. There was one time where AD kind of. I thought he turned down a layup or something. And I was like, 80, what are you doing? Oh, it's mellow. That's three points. <laughs> and like, I was like, Oh, okay. never mind. Good call. And there was like a fast break where I was like, Oh my God, they almost like threw the ball away. What are they? Doing? Oh, it's mellow. Okay. Three points. And both times he made it like, it's yeah. like, this is the most insane stretch I've, I've ever seen. I don't, I said a couple times um, early in the season that, this is what Olympic mellow looks like. This is what everybody wanted forever. 
yeah. that they wanted Lamelo or Lamelo, excuse me, Carmelo to become. And this is what it looks like. And God, it is glorious to watch. And it's like, I fully am with you on the amount that they're relying on Carmelo being concerning. I'm also fully on board that I don't care, but it's also <laughs> like, um, it's, it's not like unsustainable what he's doing because it's all just open threes. Like LeBron yeah. AD, they're going to create those open looks and Vogel's talked about them specifically positioning him on the, the weak side um, to get him those open looks when guys double down on AD or LeBron and things like that. So those looks have been there, whether LeBron's been there, whether AD's been there, whether Russ has been there, um, they're going to continue to be open. I don't think he's going to make like 60% of them <laughs> the rest of the season, but I, it's insane. It's so much fun. You, it's almost, I almost just want to giggle at times watching him shoot these. Oh, I don't just because, want to. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I'm just sitting there. Jen's like, why are you laughing so much? I'm like, Jen, are you watching this? Yeah, he is. This is like so much fun. I I've always loved Melo. Um, even before he came to LA. Um, I, I was so excited that he was going to be a Laker. And this has far exceeded uh, my expectations because this is just a blast. He's having a blast. The fans are having a blast. I'd never want him to leave Staples Center. <laughs> like, I've, I, I can't – I don't understand it, to be honest. Like, it, it makes no sense how good he's playing, yet it is remarkably fun. Yeah, I, I just – I I know I am, I am a uh, victim to hyperbole – fairly often i'm not exactly even keeled when it comes to <laughs> uh anything basically but i can honestly say i have never seen the lakers fan base so immediately take to a player the way that they have carmelo anthony like we have seen popular we have seen popular role players and stuff and popular players on the lakers over the years remember when they got shannon brown his very first game, he has that block that he had that was called a foul. That referee is never seeing heaven. Um, <laughs> like, like they, they, but like we've we've seen like you know the the, the Lakers gave Sasha Vujicic the 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 machine moniker. Uh, there was any number of like you know any number of basically like that entire Pau Odom uh stretch of uh Pal Odom Bynum Kobe stretch like where all of those guys were just wildly popular nobody in 11 games has had the Lakers fans the Lakers fan base this deep in rooting for the guy like I have never seen this and you know what I completely get it mm -hmm. I I totally and completely get it he's uh a really fun quote like he said, like he just forgot what day of the week it was when he was giving his post. Like I, I think um, <laughs> Dennis Scott was giving him uh, the NBA TV interview afterward, and he was like, "You know, we just we got another game on on Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't even know what day it is." Like, like he's just he's he's literally literally unconscious out there. Like he, he has no idea where he is. He just catches the ball, the ball, and and also by the way, and this is how I felt about him for a long time. He has one of my favorite jumpers in NBA yeah. history. Like it is incredibly pure, incredibly efficient. I think what part of the reason why he is so effective with these Lakers is 
because the ball is in and out of his hands. It not just fast, but it doesn't take very much space for him to shoot it. Like if you watch uh, uh, Rondo shoot the ball, right? <laughs> there's, there's a I'd lot rather of space. Not. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of space that he is taking up to, you know, his elbow is out this way, you know, his, his like stance is super wide and all these things. And it takes him a long time to get the ball. That's why, you know, when, even when Rondo shoots, well, you say like, well, it doesn't really impact the game when uh, Mello shoots as well as he is shooting. Now you're actually starting to see defenses shift away from Anthony Davis in some spots because they can't get punished by, by Carmelo Anthony. And like, that's the kind of shooter that the Lakers have been, that we have all been begging for, from the Lakers for, for a long time. And if they just, if they can just get like one or two more guys, nobody's going to shoot as well as Carmelo. And hell Carmelo Anthony probably isn't going to finish the season shooting this well, but like if they can just get one or two more guys that the defense has to like actually kind of care about you're cooking with grease, man. You're, 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 you know, back in, back when I was growing up, like I, all of my family cooked with lard we're cooking, we're cooking hard, <laughs> baby. If you can just get one or two more guys capable of shooting like that. Do you, so the Lakers just tweeted out the notes for tonight's game. Um, Mello has attempted 59 three-pointers in Staples Center this year. Do you want to take a guess what his shooting percentage is? Percentage? Is it like, man. I, I almost feel like I can't even go like, is it 150% <laughs> close? Did, he, really did close. he just make another one right now? <laughs> he on 59 attempts. Now this season in Staples, 64.4% from the three point line. He is 38 of 59. That doesn't make sense. It, like, what, doesn't, that, what doesn't make sense about it is that he missed the other 21. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Those are uh, those are apparently his like shoot around half court heaves or something that they're counting into that because I promise I've never seen that man miss a three pointer in Staples this season in a regular season game and like even the ones that he's missing like he had a key because he he shot seven of ten from three point range or no no yeah seven of ten from three point range today um, Mello did which is as well as rush shot from the free throw line but um, <laughs> Car- Carmelo. Uh, he like on the he missed a couple um, in the in the first half that I was watching and on both of them that he shot one of them, by the way, was like a 47 footer at the end of a quarter. Yeah. When he shot it, I was like, oh, my God, that looks all oh, just like it's it just started going down just slightly too early to be it wound up in the front of the rim. And then he had another one where we had a pretty good view of uh, with the TV camera where he shot it from the right side of the court on the basket to our right when you're when you're looking at the tv and and it just looked perfect hit the back of the back back of the rim took like a a, another little hop and then bounced out of the rim and like what i mean to say here is that even the ones that he is shooting he hasn't had a single like ugly miss in staples center so far this year the ones that he's shooting when he when when they leave his hands you're you're shocked if it doesn't go in and uh, you know what? As somebody who like my favorite thing about the sport is shooting, it's just been a marvel to watch somebody shoot the ball as well. It's been incredible. It's like Puig when he first came up to the Dodgers. That's that's honestly oh, what yeah. this feels like. 
is is when we came up to the Dodgers and Vin Scully is just sitting there literally giggling. Vin Scully, having watched all of the baseball that he had ever watched, is just sitting there giggling. And Stu Lance has watched more basketball than you and I will ever watch in our in our lifetime. And he's sitting here just like laughing at how incredible Carmelo Anthony has been. Uh, and 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 like the 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 similarities here, just in terms of like the way that they're like obviously Puig was just like this athletic, just freak who was hot and and it sustained for his rookie season. And obviously we saw how the rest of his career went. But this is something that like we've always thought Mello was kind of sort of capable of if he just really bought into that role. And to see him buy in and to see him get rewarded like this has been. It's been so much damn fun. <clears throat> Maybe a better stat to also further showcase how insane he's been in Staples. Um, he's now had eight games in Staples this year. His worst shooting percentage or shooting performance from three was 50%. <laughs> uh, he was two of four on opening night. He yeah. was, by percentages, his next worst one was five of 10 against OKC. Uh, and then every other game, he's been at least 60% from three. Uh, he's absurd. You said it earlier. He has one of the most aesthetically pleasing jumpers in the league. Maybe the yeah. most I could watch him shoot all day. And I'm glad I am because he's making all <laughs> of them right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it here for this episode of my show. I'm going to come up with something better to call it, uh, at some point. Lakers win 126 to 123. It takes overtime. Sure, they 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 blew uh, whatever lead to get it to overtime, and it was crazy frustrating as it happened. And I'm walking away from this one asking a ton of questions about Russell Westbrook, but I'm also just sitting here happy that the Lakers won because anytime that Lakers can win in a game that LeBron James doesn't play, and against a team, by the way, it's going to be in the playoff race in the East. Yeah, that's uh, a good Hornets team. That's probably their best win of the season. Yeah, it, it's 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 a big one, and it sure it could have been uh, more. Uh, I, I guess uh, you could have walked away with better vibes from this one, like if a few things break a little differently. But I think the focus here just has to be like getting that win, and then trying to get some momentum and keep some momentum heading into a tougher stretch of the season. Um, I, I have to get done with this and then record Lowdown. Until all of tomorrow's activities, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Jacob Rude, and we'll talk to you guys next time.